Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Airway First, the podcast from the Children's Airway First Foundation. I'm your host, Rebecca St. James. My guests today are the dynamic team from Ashburn Children's Dentistry, Dr. Linda Dean Daru and Dr. Crystal Dean Daru. Dentist Linda Daru has spent her life pursuing a career in dentistry and building a successful dental practice that caters to the oral health needs and well-being of children and patients with special needs. In her more than 20 years of experience practicing integrative, functional, holistic pediatric dentistry, Dr. Linda has developed a unique approach to treating patients that reflects an impressive skill set fortified by extensive training and the most innovative therapies and technologies. Dr. Crystal specializes in providing empathetic care and personalized treatment plans to address her pediatric patients' airway, sleep, breathing, and growth concerns, ensuring their healthy smiles and brightest futures. The entire team at Ashburn Children's Dentistry believes in treating the source of their patients' issues instead of just the symptoms. They focus on early prevention and in educating parents while assisting their blossoming children's development into a healthy, resilient adult. You can read the full biographies for both Dr. Linda and Dr. Crystal in our show notes, and you can find out more about Ashburn Children's Dentistry at kidsmile.com. And now let's jump into my interview with Dr. Linda Dean Daru and Dr. Crystal Dean Daru. All right. Good morning. Thank you both for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's truly, truly a pleasure. So let's jump right in because I know when we first connected, um, I, I did a lot of work on your on your website, you know, for my research purposes. Just and, and I feel like I really know you now. I love your website, <laughs> by the way. So, Doctor, yeah. if you would, I'd like to start with you and just share with our listeners your journey and your story, where your passion for dentistry and airway has come from. Oh, thank you so much. That's a great question. I always get goosebumps when I start this story because I knew when I was about nine years old that this was a line of work I was going to be doing and Mm -hmm. happened because um, I'm the first of nine children, eight surviving. And one of my younger brothers had a toothache. And where Mm -hmm. I come from originally, we didn't really worry about teeth. It was malaria that was more endemic. So that's Mm -hmm. every week you were worried if you got malaria. And so he had this pain that wouldn't go away and his face was getting swollen. The pediatrician said, "Mm, you have to go to the dental office. Meanwhile, he was now sleeping and the only one he would allow to take care of him was me. So Mm. I put him on my back and walked the balcony every night until we got to the dental office. And then when we got there and he had the tooth out, it was like a different kid. This was a miracle. (laughs) Right. So I said to that dentist, what do you have to do to be this kind of doctor? And she said, oh, it's hard. It's this. I said, I don't care. This is the kind of doctor I would want to be. Anyhow, fast forward many years later, I, um, I was just sick, couldn't recover from bronchitis. I actually had to leave a, a party I had gone to in Miami. If I had to leave a party, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to come home because I just was not well. And, you know, going from doctor to doctor, I was feeling fatigued and 
brain fog, couldn't couldn't concentrate. I was getting really scared because doctor to doctor, no one knew what was wrong with me. And, and they started treating me for Lyme disease, but I knew I didn't have Lyme disease. Uh, but, you know, if that's what was going to make me feel better, I was ready to try it, but I wasn't mm-hmm. getting better. And so I had gone to my fifth doctor, which was an internist at the fifth doctor. And she took one look in my mouth and she said, oh, I bet you have sleep apnea. <laughs> of course, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you just looking in my mouth and saying that. But she was right. I had a sleep test and I had a moderate sleep apnea. So I got on a CPAP and my life was different again. And then it's like, oh, I could feel better. I wasn't as tired anymore. I could concentrate and do my work. And then I worked for a while, about seven years or so. And then the symptoms started coming back. And my option at that point was to have my jaws broken so that they could get more room for my tongue. And I didn't want to do that. So in looking for options for myself, I think it was uh, 2017, I had gone for one of the uh, conferences where I heard Dr. Gilmino speak, like all the famous people about sleep and everything was pointing to your face. Everything was pointing to your jaw and like, oh my God. So that was a big aha. And so I started on a journey for myself. And and so I'm off my CPAP now for about two years, going almost three years. However, what it did for me was let me understand that one sleep apnea is preventable and it's treatable. And even more importantly, I work with kids or we work with kids and we see them as early as two days old. Um, The signs are there because I saw pictures of me as a baby and the signs were there, but no Mm -hmm. one knew. If you don't know, then you can't do anything about it. So that's what's caused us to be on this second mission of making sure that the kids get their faces developed as well as they can so they can sleep better and breathe better as early as possible. So, and um, I love that long moment. That's really where that, uh, that has come from. I love that. And you mentioned something that you see them as early as two days old, which to me, yes. I mean, that's just kind of this moment it just that that gives me chills because that's one of the things we're preaching you gotta see them early don't wait don't wait how do you convince parents for two days old how did you pull that off that's a great question and so (laughs) most of the times when they come at two days old they're having trouble nursing they're having trouble latching and so breastfeeding becomes an issue and now you got to understand Breastfeeding should be a natural process. It should not Mm -hmm. be painful. It should just come easily for a baby. So if a baby is having trouble, then you'd have to investigate why. You'd have to think Mm -hmm. about what could possibly make this baby not be able to do a natural process. And Mm -hmm. so when they do come, we want to figure out what's this child been through? What's their birth story? What happened during pregnancy? And yeah, funny you should say, ask that question because most of the moms, they're not expecting a lot of what we're asking because they're going, Mm -hmm. what's that got to do with teeth? 
However, it is very important because the tongue is the second organ that's formed after the heart when the baby is developing. And not many people understand that the tongue is attached all the way, all the way down. down. Yep. So when you say that, their eyes open up and their mouths go like, what do you mean? And so anyhow, so if the baby is having trouble latching, it could be a number of things. It's not necessarily most people say, oh, they have a tongue tie. Maybe they do. However, it's mostly what that baby has been through. Maybe the neurology, the nerves are not functioning as well. So maybe they got stuck in the canal. Maybe they came out with a vacuum. Maybe they were sunny side up. Maybe they had cord wrapped around their neck. So all of those will affect how their bodies function. So before in our practice, before we actually go and say, oh, they have a tongue tie, you have to cut we go through a very comprehensive process of assessing what the baby's like, what happened, where else could this be coming from, make sure there's no tension in the body, make sure there's communication between the brain and the rest of the body, and especially around the mouth and the tongue so that the body can function as it best. And so some of the times, by the time you go through this process, the mm -hmm. baby's actually nursing and nursing better. However, if they're still not nursing as well, then if there is a structural tie, meaning there's something there that is restricting the motion of the tongue, then that's when you now can do, um, uh, yeah, then do like a, a surgical release. Although in our practice, we do a dual wavelength release, meaning there's a laser that releases the body fascia and mm -hmm. the laser that does the cutting. So that laser that releases body fascia, we call it a baby laser. And so that gets done many, many multiple times to make sure that the nerves are traveling properly. Again, like I explained, make sure the fascia is flowing and free flowing and gliding, and that can help with function. So after getting that functional exam and getting all that body tension, working properly of course it's a village that takes care of that it know. does it not is a village <laughs> not just us we have the osteopathic physician lactation consultants sometimes baby friendly chiropractors and there's so many oh, people there are so many people that come into that process but mm -hmm. our goal is on like to be the quarterback with triage and now understanding that their function has been compromised we now know that the tongue, which is supposed to rest on the roof of your mouth, it, won't, mm -hmm. it hasn't been doing that properly. So now it becomes important to guide that face as it grows. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm having a moment at this point because this is exactly part of what our platform, I mean, we are preaching and you guys are doing it. It is, it is a village. Yes. And it is. It is from head to toe, and that's the way all medical professionals should see children, head to toe, not just this is my area. Exactly. Uh, you guys just give me goosebumps. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, so, Dr. Crystal, um, I, one of the things that I know that you're connected with, and I always say this wrong, but um, ALF Interface Academy Foundation for Airway Health. That's quite a mouthful. Right. It's it a big mouthful. <laughs> and we've had um, uh, Dr. Tasha on, and, and she spoke yeah. briefly about ALF. But for people that haven't heard that that podcast, what is the, the ALF treatment, and how is that different from braces? You know, especially for parents who might not know anything about this. Well, um, that's 
Excellent question. And it is something we get all the time as far as like what it is. I learned it more recently, Dr. Linda has has done many levels of the ALF training um, and the level three, up to level three with mm -hmm. Dr. Bronson. We've learned and worked with and with Dr. Um, Derek Nordstrom, who is the inventor mm -hmm. of ALF, and that's the alternative light, um, light wire functional appliance, which in and of itself, you want to think of it, we've talked about the importance of the tongue. You want to think of it as a surrogate tongue. You want to think of it as a um, light wire that sits on the roof of the mouth of, of a child or even an adult and allows the tongue to, or allows the body to, to think that the tongue is always resting there. And why that's important is that it allows bone to be formed and allows the the structure of the maxilla, which is the one of the most important bones in our faces, to actually start growing outward, forward, um, or in three dimensions. And the reason why it's a bit different than um, braces is that braces is more of a fixed cosmetic um, kind of structure or, or 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 treatment, right? It doesn't okay. really right. affect the um, soft tissue, the tongue. It doesn't take into effect. The, the 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 foundation and um and it really is just looking at the teeth so oftentimes because it's kind of like a fixed way of uh creating a nice hollywood smile it it takes so and sometimes you have to use whatever real estate you have on the bone structure or on your under face yeah, oftentimes it may even restrict that process what we're talking about which is allowing the body to grow forward and allowing the airway and the nose and everything to be um, at, at a proper structure so there's more function. So um, it's really, really technique sensitive. It, re it does rely on proper functioning of the tongue as well. Um, and it, it's, um, it's an amazing and it's flexible and it's not painful, but it, it goes beyond, again, just straightening the teeth. It helps to balance out the, like the, the force of the cranium, um, and other other cranial strains and things like that. So it's it's <laughs> some for some people they call it an expansion device and it's actually far from just an expansion device. It's like a surrogate tongue. It it allows for bone to be made um, and and even settling of the parasympathetic or the the sympathetic uh, nervous, system. nervous system as well. So lots and lots of things as to why it's different from the from yeah. regular braces, regular braces, or just braces in and of itself. I like to let parents know or tell them that that's for the Hollywood smile. So that can actually be attained through Invisalign. It can be attained, you know, mm. the reason why okay. you can, you know, they, what did they say? <laughs> say this? They get, you get uh, braces through the mail now, right? Yeah. yeah. Teeth, mm -hmm. you can move teeth. Mm -hmm. but that's not what it's about because the teeth are connected to something. And so if that it's that uh, foundation is not established properly, then you'll get straight teeth, but then you start to get a whole host of other um, issues behind the scenes. And that's where the that's where you have the relapse, right? That's why we have to wear our wear retainers once again, uh, or for life, or have braces done again. Um, right. So it it is it is uh, an incredible device, the, the ALF appliance, mm -hmm. but it's very technique sensitive. It only takes yeah. a little bit of uh, fine touch and fine uh, uh, yeah. movement or adjustment yeah. to really um, do its magic. 
right? Right. Mind on the body. Yeah. So yeah, so many comments too <laughs> going through my head while you're yes. while you're talking. So, um, you know, we're all, I think we're all coming to see braces um, is we're fixing a symptom. You know, we're not going to the root. I think we're finally getting there Mm -hmm. Um, slowly. This has been a very hard process to get through for a lot of people. But one of the things I I like about listening to your explanation of the ALF is it's not just, you know, going to give them room and reset because it's touching your systems. Do you see kids? Do you see their anxiety change? Do you see them sleep better? Do you, what other? Oh, yeah, sometimes. (laughs) The, the answer is yes. And yes. then the other surprising and because every child is different. This is where you mm-hmm. start to see how different everybody's anatomy and everybody's physiology is. Once you take it out for some kids, they're like, if bring me back my appliance, they actually, wow. they, yeah. they yearn for it back. Yeah. I had mine. I, I had one as well. I just, it needs to be um, uh, adjusted again, but it's, I saw a lot of changes, even in my TMJ that was clicking and popping. I saw changes mm-hmm. in my sleep, um, not only because now I'm more aware, obviously, but it that's just what it started to do. And it's very unique for every child. And so it, you can't just um, have an ALF that and you just put it in. You have to have an ALF that's made just for you. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you do start to see a lot of different, some kids stop bedwetting. Some kids mm. not, uh, just by having the alpha in, uh, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Just by yeah. putting it without doing anything, right? Yeah. Just putting what you made for them. Some of them don't even want to have it taken out. They find that it amazing to me. Yeah. No, no, it's actually that's actually true. And you know, when I said I got off my CPAP, it was the way that I got off my CPAP. I was being treated by. Uh, Dr. Brunson over in my claim here in Virginia. And so I, I could even, if you can see the, the adjustment on the ALF, you've done too much. And so sometimes oh. it gets a bad rap because people are using it as extension appliances. It is not an expander. What it is, is an, something that helps the body feel like it can do its job. So making the cranium, making the brain think that the tongue is off allows the brain to actually function better. And so it is you who is making that expansion because you're moving your tongue up. Of course, there are many Mm -hmm. other parts of it, like having to, like when I said, is a village, it's still a village trying to make your airway better. You get the osteopath making sure that you don't have any compression and the nerves of the skull, uh, the bones are moving all in place so that the nerves can actually get the messaging to that part of that body. Anyhow, and then you get like training the muscles. So in our practice, we're a lot more comprehensive. We're not treating just this and this, that. Once we get to what's the root cause for this patient, then we're mm-hmm. going to talk, look at it from a structure, function, behavior, nutrition, and you know, the posture. Yeah, so there's so mm-hmm. and neurology. So there's so much that is combined into the way we look at that child. Again, right. if the brain is not functioning properly, if the nerves are not functioning properly, I'm sorry. You can yeah. do everything you want, but it's not going to be as easy 
or even the outcome is not going to be as good as if the brain is now settled and you're in a good parasympathetic mode, like the line is not coming after you the whole time, mm -hmm. then it's much easier for you to be able to function to your fullest potential. Which is amazing. And you mentioned, you opened up the, the topic of neurology. So let's just go there. Um, <laughs> Because, um, and I'll put a link to this in our show notes for people, because you have this great article from uh, University of Chicago Medicine that talks about this. And we've, we've mentioned this a few times before, and it doesn't really go over well with parents. And as a parent, I get it because you hear it and you go, <sighs> you're just in a tailspin. But <clears throat> lack of oxygen, sleep apnea, it can have an impact on a child's IQ and the gray matter of their brain, but up to 10 IQ points, which is big. I mean, if your kid came out with a 160, yay, they're only going down to a 150, not that big of a deal, but for the rest of us, 10 points is a big deal. So how do you, in your practice, how do y'all address this with parents? How do you, because I know if, if you told me as a parent, I'd said, I'm, a, I'm in a tailspin, I'm checked out. I'm like panicked at this point. I'm not going to hear you. So how do you address this with parents and, and what kind of treatments do you offer? You know, Hey, okay. Your child has had sleep apnea for six years. Here's what we're going to do. That's a great question. And I think maybe you just answered an important question for <laughs> us because, because we're constantly like trying to tell the parents. And so now you're saying, well, I'll check out. I go, yeah, a lot of them are checked out because <laughs> we do educate. That's, that's what yeah. We educate a lot. Sometimes maybe a little mm -hmm. too much, but, you know, we have the burden of knowledge. So we feel like you have to know. For me, it's even more personal because I have been through it. Sleep apnea yeah. is the end stage. There's a lot that happens before you get there. I was having reflux. I was having migraines like from a very young age. I we didn't know why. Man, I was an anxious kid. You know, it, it, many people don't know that, but I have a lot of anxiety, but I managed to mask it well. You know, you're first of age, you gotta, gotta compensate it. You gotta like right. act like you know. <laughs> no, so. But anyhow, so we're really into a lot of education for our parents. We each give them articles, we give visuals. You know, it's not uncommon to see me. I go like, there are the skulls, here are your skulls, 22 bones, 14 of them are in your face. And the max, everything is connected. The top jaw, which you call the maxilla, is a bone almost like this. This part of it is the size of your nose. So when that baby or when the child comes in and their palate is high voltage, it doesn't just vault like this. It vaults up and sideways like that. That sideways is the size of their nose. So their noses get smaller. They have a smaller space to breathe. And so if you're waiting to do braces, okay, fine. You can get the teeth straight, but you haven't done anything to that bone or mm -hmm. that nose so they can breathe well and sleep well. Okay. Breathing should be invisible. Breathing should be, you should not hear your child breathing. Their lips should be closed. We're born obligated, nose breathing, meaning you come out, you know, your mouth will be sealed. You should be able to breathe through your nose properly. So when that's not happening, then it's important to figure out why. So most parents don't know. And even when you say your child is not breathing, no, 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 my child doesn't right. breathe. And mouth breathing doesn't always mean like your mouth is hanging open like oh, that. It could just be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be just that. So, 
or constantly leaning like this, or constantly yeah. leaning their jaws, or constantly yawning, or biting on stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, so, so typically, to answer your question as well, um, it, it doesn't just take one visit. It does take a couple years sometimes for parents to know. And so how we, we like to be that kind of safe space because they've come and they've seen other practitioners. They've gone to their pediatricians who have said nothing's wrong, um, mm -hmm. don't grow out of it. And so we, we find at first we said, oh my God, because of course with the burden of knowledge, you're just like, we, we yeah. know so much now. We've, we've met and, and spoken to a lot of top, top, not only just dentists who are in this space, but physicians, um, psychologists and, and everything and knowing how everything connects. But then we also know that parents themselves have to kind of get through layers of their own anxiety um, before they reach a point. So what we like to do is just we keep setting the seeds. We hold space for them. We understand that time is going, but it's, uh, it's also never too late, never right? Too late. Um, and so yeah. to meet parents where they are. Uh, and that's that's really what we've learned ourselves. We had to learn to meet ourselves yeah. where we are. Where we're, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we're being, we're huge nerds. We're also huge, you know, healers and wanting to take care and then putting all the information together and now knowing what we do, which is, I, you know, start we laser therapy. We've been using lasers since 2006, 2005. Uh, 2005. So we know that we've kind of been the Fruit Loops and the Box of Cheerios for a long time. People have to kind of catch up. And now mm -hmm. everything that's happening, including, you know, platforms like this, people are starting to catch up. Parents are, are getting even more educated. And our huge thing now is health is education, right? So the more you mm -hmm. know, the more you're actually going to get healthier. It's just going to, yeah. you may have to face yourself in the mirror as a parent and say, okay, oh God, <laughs> I know I went through this as a child. I know I turned out okay, maybe, <laughs> but I know I want better. And, and right. a lot of parents that start to see, they say, okay, you were saying this a couple years ago, uh -huh. this is what's happened now, uh, or this is what's happened. I see it. I see okay, it so now. what do we do? That's where we mm -hmm. meet them. We meet them at what do we do? Um, and and oh, like pediatric that. dentists, we're seeing them grow. And mm -hmm. in the end, well, you know, we've our practice has been around for 22 years. So it's you've seen kids, kids they don't they don't leave actually. They're here till age 25, 26, because you know, we keep taking good care of them. And so um to how do we explain it? We don't necessarily say your child's going to be the dumbest one in, in the thing where we're going to say, we're going to say, hey, they're going to have some, there's going to be some difficulties. And also they're already going to see parents know like uh, yeah. there's mom intelligence as well. Right. Yeah. And yeah. dad intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Once you know, I mean, that's one of the biggest things yes. too. We tell parents is first of all, don't knock yourself down. You didn't right. know. You didn't know. So let's just start like there. Right. Right. Other exactly. Mm -hmm. you don't no, like, you don't knock other providers as well, right? Because no, because you don't know. You didn't learn it in med school. It wasn't no, it, there. It wasn't there. No, it didn't. So, or it wasn't connected. We could yeah. learn some of this stuff. And I was like, I remember learning in anatomy, but I didn't realize how important it was. <laughs> yeah, how it's all connected. How right? it's all connected. Exactly. Right. And and I like to one of the things you you guys talk about is you know, parents know their kids, so watch them. And we tell parents all the time, go watch them sleep creepy but go watch them sleep <laughs> yes right precise. three to five nights a week maybe for a week or two just go in there for about 15 minutes watch them 
Precisely. You're going to see the snoring. You're going to hear the grinding. grinding. If you hear it and see it, around. there it is. Yes. The sleep, the nightmares, yep. the, you know, walking. The bed wedding late. Yeah. yeah. Sleepwalking. Yeah. It's all there. It's all there. So <laughs> I know, I know you guys do it as early as two days, which I still can't get over. I love that so much. So, um, but I know the ADA says by your first birthday. So let's just start yes. with that one. Sure. So if a child comes in to Ashburn, what does that first visit look like? That's a great question. And so before they even come in, we usually will have a phone call and go over what we do for the kind of practice that we are. Because really we want to have people who appreciate the education and the technology and the effort we put into growing, helping them grow their child to their best potential. So now in their paperwork, we're asking questions about the birth story. And, you know, so some of the parents just, they don't understand. Like, why are you asking? That. I wouldn't. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Anyhow, but of course, it's a very friendly place, as you can tell from our website. Some of the kids mm-hmm. might have their birthday party here, but that's a different matter. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, so there's a lot of gathering information. What has this child been through? Do they have teeth now? What do their teeth look like? Do the teeth, if they're coming properly, they should be like picket fences, like you could fit a neck between each of the teeth that if they're already like two teeth are coming and they're already crowded like that light bulb should be going yeah you should be starting to worry and we want to find out like what they're doing at home in terms of of feeding and posture and you know like so many things as we're very proactive preventive oriented because especially with what we know and so by we know that by five months of age your brain is ready for the input for chewing and that reflex, it's waiting for it. And so we want to make sure that the child is getting whole foods and that chewing input is what helps that neurology part about the chin, the jaw, the bottom jaw growing and coming forward. And so it's really important that parents introduce chewing whole foods and uh, you know because if you miss that window of five months of age five to six months of age the brain Mm -hmm. might start to feel like okay they don't need this anymore so it gets delays that process of growing Mm -hmm. a lot of jaw so it's really important that's why we say two days of old. So when we see them at two days, we're asking them to come back every three months so we can follow up properly. Um, But the ones we made at age one, we figure out where are they on? How are things going? Are they meeting milestones? Are they on track for the growth of their jaws? Obviously, we check to make sure they don't have cavities. We'll teach the parents how sure. to take care of them. And they, and they to stay out of the fire range. So yes. They don't want to have to deal with <laughs> like that. <laughs> I like that. So let's grow the face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to, lots of questions, yeah. that, you know, to, to get back to what we're doing to that well, for them at age one, lots of asking, lots of questions, lots of educating, and then also getting the kid and the child much just like a, a, a custom and acquainted with the practice and acquainted with things in their mouths or acquainted with just like being in the chair and, and, and all of that and just having a good time. So they equate good memories to coming to the dentist. So. Yeah, I love that. That's brilliant. And, and I've heard you mention uh, you've heard I've heard you mention a couple of times now growing the face. Yes. Um, um, and and uh, Susan Maples mentions that as well as Dr. Tasha. And 
Yes. I mean, that's such an amazing, such an easy statement, but it is such a dramatic and amazing shift. That's you know, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you explain this to parents to get them? I mean, because that's, I know as a parent, if I walked into a dentist back, you know, my, my children are old now. Um, <laughs> I say, oh, they're not that old. But, um, <laughs> um, and, and somebody had said, you know, growing the face, I would have been, you know, wait, what do you mean growing? Because it sounds kind of mutant. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, now with all the knowledge of two years with calf, you know, I get it. We're talking, you know, baby led weaning and things like this. But how do you explain this to parents? I think, oh, I'll start and I'll let Dr. Linda start too. But I think because um, we, we actually call our program Growing Healthy Faces. And so, mm-hmm. Just being able to let them know that um, this is such an important part of, and they know it already as far as like cosmetics, right? Because right. the dentist really just like mm-hmm. teeth, make like, it pretty, make it pretty. So, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't become, it's not too difficult to kind of explain and say, okay, to make everything um, nice and healthy, good jawbone, good, you know, eye level, things like that. Um, these are the things that, it, it requires, right? And this is why it's important. And then maybe kind of add in, did you know the sleep is important? Did you know, you know, just kind of putting, especially when they come in very early, just putting in those nuggets. And then also um, typically we have like a screening form and, and we have like different videos, QR codes, different things where we're like, hey, we're gonna be seeing you for a while. So this is our first time we're giving you lots of homework. Next time you come, we're going to talk about it. We want you to bring lots of questions, even if you have questions um, beforehand. So we're very open to um, having sometimes parents leave and they're like, what is this? Then they want to have a meeting. Right. <laughs> so we're open to having meetings and, and, and just being open to being their resource for these weird questions or weird topics that seem to be that, that come up for them. Mm-hmm. They're always there for Yeah. So explaining it is it's, you know, giving them some of the things that we see, but then also how it relates to the whole body and things like that, maybe relating to their history of, as well. And then mm-hmm. answering a ton of questions. Yeah, which okay. is great. And that's so a, a, a lot of visuals too, as well. So, you know. Oh, I bet. Yeah, so when we do ask that question about nursing and so we tell them why it was important mm-hmm. and why, the, and if that hasn't happened, why it's important for it to happen so that the child can continue to grow properly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and you're right, as a parent, I, you know, even me, when my doctor looked in my mouth and said he had sleep apnea, I rolled my eyes. So, <laughs> and with everything I know, everything I knew at that time. So mm-hmm. it's usually difficult for parents to make the connection between the teeth and the rest of the body. But ultimately, mm-hmm. That's our goal. And that's one of the reasons we were actually very uh, happy to do this podcast, because we want as many parents as possible to start asking questions. So when when a provider tells you, oh, it's just a tongue, it's just a mild tongue tie, you know, is it a tongue tie or not? Because you can't, you're not mildly pregnant. Or they say, is mild sleep apnea. Okay, mild sleep apnea. How many, what is mild? Oh, my child is not breathing or stops breathing four times every hour that they sleep. And mind you, four times is the 10 seconds or more that is recorded. So if it were 9.99 seconds, that's not recorded. But is that good enough for your child? Right.
You're listening to Airway First with today's guests, Dr. Linda Dean DeRue and Dr. Crystal Dean DeRue. You can find out more about the Children's Airway First Foundation and our mission to fix before six on our website at childrensairwayfirst.org. The CAF website offers tons of great resources for parents and medical professionals, including videos, blogs, recommended reading lists, comprehensive medical research, podcasts, and so much more. Parents are encouraged to join the Airway Huddle, our Facebook support group, which was created for parents of children with airway and sleep-related issues. You can access the Airway Huddle support group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Airway Huddle. Are you a medical professional or a parent that's interested in being a guest on the show? Or maybe you have an idea for an upcoming episode? Then shoot us a note via our contacts page on our website or send us an email directly at info at childrensairwayfirst.org. As a reminder, this podcast and the opinions expressed here are not a medical diagnosis. If you suspect your child might have an airway issue, contact your pediatric airway dentist or pediatrician. And now let's jump back into my interview with today's guests, Dr. Linda Dean DeRue and Dr. Crystal Dean DeRue. Right. And, and it's, uh, and I was thinking about this when you mentioned it earlier, um, because just, you know, I'm thinking about some of the other podcasts, like with Dr. Leal, for example, and you brought in some visuals, mm-hmm. this really can impact children in such profound ways, you know, things that I never even thought about, like when they turn sideways, their heads were forward, or we fix their airway and suddenly... This, you know, dip in their neck is gone. We're straight. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just don't think about that as a parent. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. The dentist fixed my child's posture. I mean, that's just, that's insane. Yeah. But then when you really unpack it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Right. And the other part too, even just teaching, and this is what we, we feel good about when we're working with our four or five-year-olds, teaching them how to know about their own health and be aware um, beyond just um, our airway or our Growing Healthy Faces program, every child that comes in for their um, dental health visit, they're in a learning lab brought to you by uh, Maples, our hands-on <laughs> learning lab. We, you know, we love um, that concept and, and being able to educate children on their own health, right? And they become their, their own advocates, yeah. They, mm-hmm. become, they start telling their parents, no, I, I don't, I don't want that food. That. <laughs> there's one they have that's like food, what's good for you, like a yeah. And the mom comes back and said, I, I take him, when I come to, to the grocery store, he tells me, I don't want this food. I don't want that food. I want this one. So I love that. So making that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's a fun doctor. I bet. I bet. And then, and then also, you know, that's impacting their uh, health span. That's right. That's not just right now. I mean, you're setting them up for life and that's, that is priceless. So Dr. Linda, I have heard you mention, um, I want to get, get this correct here. Exactly. Oral health affects a child's self-esteem and how they interact with other people more than you realize. Absolutely. And 
that's the part that I get quite emotional about because most kids, they don't say how they're feeling. They don't know how they're feeling. And all the years I have practiced, there have been very few times when a child comes in and they say, oh, this hurts, that hurts. You know, besides, of course, if they fell and they broke something. And so, but sometimes you open their mouth and they're a mouthful of cavities and the parents mm. have no clue. And they never said anything to the parents, obviously, but I can imagine as an adult, it would be, you would want someone cut your head off if you had half of what that child was going through. And so, uh, you know, the story that comes to mind recently, I had an 11 year old who's a new patient to us. And, you know, know, we're trying to get her to kind of open up and stuff. And she said, no, I don't smile. I said, oh, sorry to hear that. What do you mean by that? She said, I just don't want to smile. I said, is that because you don't find things to smile about? Or is there something that's bothersome with your smile? Because I never want to say, oh, you have a good tea or, you know, you don't look good. Right. You don't look good. And so she said, I just don't like how my teeth look. And so when I smile, I feel like my teeth are just the way they are. It makes me look like a beaver. Oh, oh my heart sunk. And my heart sank. So can you imagine being an 11-year-old? No, going into junior high, which is already. Exactly. And so so it just broke my heart on the inside. And so you have to find a way to say, you know, I hear you. I see you. And this this is easy fix, you know? So we got to make her feel good about that. By the time she left that appointment, she was like, okay, when do I come back? And so mm. you know that that's going to be a change in her life. But, so, but kids don't know how to say that things hurt. Sometimes yeah. they, too, they have any headaches, but they don't know. When we ask the question, right. we can just see from... Their faces, the clenching, or yeah, clenching the dark circles under their eyes, the touch their jaws is so tight. And then you say, How often do you get headaches? And they say, All the time. And the parents go, like, No, you don't, because they don't know. They've never told their parents. So, as mm-hmm. a parent, I wouldn't know to ask my child, You're having a headache, unless, of course, right. you're sick, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the kids are very resilient, but they take, put on, keep on a lot of things. And sometimes they keep on because they're looking at us as parents and they don't want to bother us, or they mm-hmm. just don't understand what it means, mm-hmm. anyhow. Yeah. That's why it's important as a provider, if you're working with children, it goes beyond just what you're seeing because you have to help them for their whole body and their whole psyche. Um, For me, that's most important, their psyche, because once their psyche feels good, everything else is easier. It falls in line. Absolutely. For sure. Mm -hmm. And what kind of along those lines, you, you have a passion, um, and not, not, not just for this, I will tell parents, please go read your website. I'll put the link in there. It is phenomenal. Um, but it comes through on your website, you, this passion you have for special needs children as well. Um, so you know, where does that come from? And, and how does your philosophy of whole body care support them in a way that other dentists don't? Now, I'm not bagging on other dentists. I'm just talking oh, in general the way no. you yeah. Where you approach it. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like, you know, that's exactly. 
but um, um, originally from Nigeria. And when we trained, we trained like you were going to be the physician, the only doctor in a 50 mile radius. So mm-hmm. having a concept of whole health has always been the way my mind worked and the way that mm-hmm. I chose, I continue to choose to practice. And so when a child has special health care needs, it's not only that child who's affected, it's also the parents and the caregivers who are also affected. First, you got to understand, first of all, what you're dealing with in terms of their medical uh, issues. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, you're looking at this child, there's someone else, there's somebody inside of them looking to express themselves. And so as a practice, we're looking what can we do to help that person inside of them show up more? They're not going to be perfect, but they're going to be perfect for who they are. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we help parents with. We do a lot of guided programs for them. Sometimes we have to see that they come just to visit, walk around. We show every process, what's going to happen. We sing to all our patients and especially them. (laughs) Some of them, they just know. I have the one that just texts me before his appointment. He said, I'm coming. So in between, I'm coming to see you. (laughs) When is my appointment? You know, (laughs) but anyhow, but you look to it for them. And a couple of them are also in a Growing Healthy Faces program because with what we understand with the body and neurology and some of the tools that we use, especially that non-surgical laser, we know that if we can get their bodies working better, if we can get the nerves traveling, if we can get the fascia flowing, they can access more of who they are. And so, yeah, a little bit more than what they would have otherwise been. So we, you know, so many parts of our program, so many things that we're seeing a lot of kids get healthier. And Mm -hmm. the ones who didn't really have access to language, being able to be more expressive, it's not just what we do, like I said, it's a whole village. But mm-hmm. what we do will help some of the other parts, all of it come together. So like sometimes after that uh, laser therapy, they go for their OT appointment. The OT appointment is easier. Or they see the cranial osteopath, the cranial osteopath feels their work is easier. So again, mm-hmm. when you're looking in this powerhouse of our face and getting it to be the best it can be, your whole body settles a lot easier. So, it absolutely makes sense. So I want to completely just shift gears <laughs> and I want to talk about sealants uh, before we run out of time. Yes. Uh-huh. Because this is something we do get a lot of questions about, mm-hmm. um, not our wheelhouse. So how do we advise parents? You know, I, I know there's a lot of discussion around whether or not it's safe, where the long-term effects. So how do you advise parents when it comes to sealants on teeth? Another great question that you have, and again, being proactive preventive, we're really, we're big on sealants. And for a practice, actually, I I opened the practice in 2000. And from that, at that point, even without knowing so much about what BPA, 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 the the, the plastic stuff that is in sealants that most people are concerned about, the, the sealant that I chose at that time with, had no BPA, was BPA free. So I've always had, okay, I'm gonna get it as healthy as I can. And so the thing with sealants and you know the way I explain it to a lot of the parents is that naturally our grooves are 
very deep. It's a place where the toothbrushes can only get to. You can't get beyond it to clean it. And over time, the bacteria and food will settle into those grooves. What sealants do is to make that surface a little flatter and easier to clean. And so that way it would help you prevent getting cavities on them. But that's a good sealant and that's a monitored sealant. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're so passionate about making sure they're good sealants that we have what we call sealants for life program. Because every time they come for their checkup, we're looking at those sealants, not just looking, we take a, um, um, a Sopra photo, what we call a Sopra photo, which is just not a camera that takes photos of a T. It actually has light that can penetrate that deeper, like two millimeters beyond our own eyes. So if that sealant is starting to break or crack, you have to have it replaced. And so that's the part that helps you to keep it preventing cavities. Mm -hmm. Obviously, depending on what some kids are chewing ice, they're grinding their teeth and you know, they're chewing on toys and things like that, their sealants are gonna break more often than others. But the biggest part, you know, which was one of one of the parents that taught me and helped me to help explain to parents, and when eventually she didn't want to get sealants, and then the, the child got a cavity. And so I had to fix the cavity and I, I explained to her what we were going to do and what we needed. We needed to remove the cavity and put a filling in there. Yes, we use lasers to remove cavities so you don't have to get numb, so it's comfortable. And the lasers mm. we use are have an affinity to water and cavities have more water than teeth itself. So it selectively takes up the cavity. So you still have like your most of your tooth structure intact. Oh, wow, so okay. Then I said, then I gotta put this plastic filling in there. She said, you gotta put a plastic filling? I said, mm-hmm. So that's a resin. And so I said, she said, I didn't know that. I would have done the sealant instead. And I said, okay, you just taught me something. So whenever I'm explaining it to parents, I would say you can prevent, yes, it is plastic, is BPA-free, yes, the resin, but when you get a cavity, I, now I got to remove the tooth structure. It's a living mm -hmm. organ. I've got to take some of it out. And right. that's just compromise for life because every time you got to redo it, you got to take out a little bit more tooth structure and stuff like that. So versus just putting a sealant. Yeah, versus just and saving everything. And then, and then keeping to maintain it as well. So yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here with my tongue, I'm sitting with my tooth because I have a sealant and I'm thinking, yeah. Hmm. Has anyone checked that? I shop long enough. Yeah, yeah. that been there? Yeah. No. Always have them check them, and if you have to replace them, just say go ahead and replace my sealant because it's infinitely cheaper. It's infinitely better for you than having to get a filling on full cavity. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Gross. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit about nutrition before we go, because um, <laughs> you because you did give a nod to Dr. Maples and and her program. Um. So. Because nutrition, as, as we're finding out, you know, it, it's going to impact everything. If you eat crud, guess what your sleep's going to be? It's going to be crud. Um, and if your sleep is bad, it's your mental health. It's all connected. Mm -hmm. So when you talk to parents, what kind of foods are you telling them? This is what, you know, let's, let's push your kid towards these kind of foods. It's a great question. It's a great question. I didn't, you know, um, help with that. But a lot of times we are letting parents know that, Healthiest foods are 
whole foods as if we were, you know, uh, back in, in the stone age and, and things like that, as whole as possible that, that doesn't interfere with obviously allergies and whatnot. Um, but definitely things where they're, they're chewing, especially when they're younger, um, mm-hmm. whole, whole apples, whole fruits, um, not the processed foods, nothing that's from a packet, nothing, even the fruits, no pouches, anything that doesn't allow the child to really work the food. Um, if they can have meats, have them eating on meats, have them eating the chicken bone or thigh yeah, bone or a whole drumstick, whole drumstick <laughs> even as young as one year old, you know, just the mm-hmm. younger, the better it's yeah. fine. And being able to have um, nutritious food does definitely help even help to prevent cavities, obviously, because of feeding the, the bones and the teeth of the mouth. But then also for, like you said, for sleep and reducing um Inflammation. inflammation right so lots of whole food is whole yeah. foods as much as possible yeah <laughs> yeah we yes. tell them that and even when they're younger like when they start feeding the first time they start which is usually five to six months of age mm-hmm. i will tell them yeah give them that whole carrot yeah. give them that whole cucumber mm-hmm. and let them struggle with it because they, they could get frustrated and that's okay but they're developing a hand-eye coordination as well so mm-hmm. that's also part of what the importance of having them have whole foods are. Let them be messy. Yeah, let them be messy. messy. Yeah. Just let them do it. Just let them be. Just let them exactly. do it. Just let them do it. Yeah, and I would like to publicly apologize to my daughters now, my little <laughs> juice box and juice pouch daughters. <laughs> you, you, did, you did what you can, you, you know. I didn't know. With the information like, you know, pouch. Yeah, I know. We don't shame. We don't shame because, because you know, right? Life is what we didn't know. We didn't, didn't know. And even we even now, know. you know, yeah. even if you're going, you know, on trips and things like that, we don't want the child not to be at school and be different per se or be at a, a birthday party mm-hmm. different. So but just don't buy it at home. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Have a treat when you're out and then when you're home, yeah. have a carrot. Right, right. As much as possible. As much as possible. Do the best you can with it. This is difficult. Making choices, making healthy choices are difficult. And today's world, it is hard. And you don't have the time that is required to just stay and go grind your food and start to make it from scratch and all that. So we recognize that. However, it's just that there's some parents who really, really are into it. And the others will slowly walk themselves to it. And even if it's just one item that you replace with a whole food, that's instead a step of that, forward. That's a step forward. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all in that same parenting struggle bus, aren't we? It's just, yeah, it is. Right. It really is. So at the end of every episode, I always want to hand it back to our guests because y'all are the experts and you're what parents are here to hear about. So, what message or, or is there something we didn't cover? What would you like to leave parents with today? Let's see. Well, it's never, this is great. Um, being a paying attention to your child. Mm-hmm. If you're noticing any problems, like if you're hearing them breathing or they, they're moving and tossing around, if you feel like their sleep is not restored, or they have tantrums that you just can't explain. And don't let anyone tell you that is in your head or that is a fad or that you it's what you've observed is not true. So mm-hmm. just follow your gut. 
and ask more questions. If you go to the first provider and they say that, check up on yourself, you know, read up on yourself or read up by yourself, get information for yourself. And for the parents whose kids are a little bit older, the sooner the better, but it's never too late. It's like, never too late. I'm still in treatment myself and, you know, it's working. <laughs> so. It's all about increasing the lifespan. That's right. right. It is. Increasing yeah. how you are living on earth and things yeah. like that. And definitely my takeaway is, breathing through the nose <laughs> it is absolutely tantamount paramount and so if you're not able to do that that's when you start asking a lot of questions right. you that's definitely right. have to find somebody to help you breathe through your nose and it may seem simple that's but it's not it's but it's not yeah. yeah it's not and i and i would like to to leave you both with um because this has been for me just a, an overwhelming wonderful beautiful podcast and i appreciate it oh, so much we thank you for your time from, uh-huh. from from reading your website and now having the opportunity to spend time with you one of the things you mentioned i'd like to add to it you said when you work with children you want them to feel like i see you i hear you but i would add i love you because clearly right. you guys do oh, very much yeah. Um, yeah we practice from the heart so uh, it is very clear but you know that's just and i tell them when they walk in that door they're mine. <laughs> it is incredibly that's apparent. That's yeah. no. yeah. Children are amazing. Yeah. They're, yeah. They, teach they are. You. I say it all the time. Wherever you see me talk, I say they teach you. And so because of that, I'm, I'm privileged and honored to be able to learn from them yeah, and be absolutely. able to help them because they become the, the voice. They're, they're voiceless sometimes. So right. being able to help they them are. allay their, their anxieties and anything that comes to making them healthy, that's our goal yes. they're, they're teaching and they're going to be out in this world teaching others that's um, true so. that's true that's the goal yes thank you both so much oh, it's our thank pleasure you thank, you thank you for having us thank you for having us we've enjoyed it we've thank had you. a good time yes 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 <laughs> we will talk forever yeah. so clearing <laughs> out once again to today's guest dr linda dean deru and crystal dean deru for sharing their amazing insight and to each of you for listening to today's episode. If you're new to our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review or comment telling us about what you enjoyed most. You can stay connected with the Children's Airway First Foundation by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Parents are also encouraged to join us via our Facebook parent support group, The Airway Huddle at facebook.com backslash groups backslash airway huddle. Looking for more from CAF? Then check out our YouTube channel. You can find a variety of informative original content pieces, as well as video recordings and excerpts from selected Airway First podcast episodes. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for an upcoming episode, shoot us a note via the contacts page on our website or send us an email directly at info at children's airway first org. And finally, thanks to all the parents and medical professionals out there that are working to help make the lives of kids around the globe just a little bit better. Take care, stay safe, and happy breathing, everyone.